the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Welcome to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat. And we're here. We're there. We made it. This is the last one. For now. No! Just let, me, let me enjoy it now. This is the last... Amityville Uprising is the last available Amityville film currently at the time of recording this. Yeah. Now, There's we, like two more that are supposed to friggin' come out this year. Yeah, they may be out by the time this episode actually posts, because, uh, again, we record in advance just to make sure that, you know... Yeah. We don't leave you hanging mysteriously. We're we'll not tell doing you this live. This, this yeah. is going to come as a shock, but this is not live. Yeah, we need time to edit out our comments should we ever decide to do that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I, like, I listened to uh, the Vibrator episode, and I love the part where I said three times in a row, cut this part out, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding, please cut this part out. I see. Yeah. This is what <laughs> Moving Brain has done for me. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. It'll be fine. Okay. It's nothing terrible. Yeah. But just saying that in all of the work that you do exclusively on your side of things, you could do better. This is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, full disclosure, I have been moving uh, after living in a place for 10 years, which means 10 years of boxing, of stuff to box up, organize, and carry load by load in a Honda Civic. So, um,. For me, watching an Amityville tonight is actually a break. That's sad. It's not great. That's very sad. This week, it's Amityville Uprising, which uh, we will be watching on the YouTube. Aha! I I paid money for the privilege of this. This one, uh, I looked up, is uh, written and directed by Thomas J. Churchill, who we know from previous installments, Amityville Harvest and Amityville Moon. Which is mildly horrifying in terms of his turnover speed. Yeah, because those are recent ones. Those all came out like within two years of now. He's putting out like one a year. Gotcha. And he was managing to pull that off with, you know, quarantine shutdown and stuff. Yeah. So now that things are opening back up, his rate may increase. Or he might have other things to do. He makes other movies as well. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. This so. is uh, this seems to be like a good, uh, consistent gig for the man. Yeah. But yeah, but so we have we get to measure it up against the uh, the Amityville vampire movie that is not to be confused with the Amityville vampire, and the yeah. Amityville werewolf movie. Yeah, and it's not to be confused on a harvest side with the scarecrow one, which. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, that, yeah, Amityville Harvest is just the, the naming of that movie really screws everything up. Yeah, which is why I'm not sure on this one what to expect out of an uprising if it's actually... Yeah, I, th- I think it's like cops. It's cops again. Which is kind of fun that like cops are becoming like an increasing issue yeah. in the horror movies that we're watching. Well, I mean, horror does tend to reflect social trends. Exactly. And, yeah. That's why, like, I was talking with my brother last night. That's why we're getting, like, multiverse things are the new zombies. And, like, whereas, like, you have the limited 
uh, nature of the metaphor for zombies because it's whatever you like, but it's a thing that's going to end up killing you and eating you from the inside out. Yeah. Whereas, like, multiverse, for whatever reason, a lot of people seem to be preoccupied with the road not taken and not being trapped in whatever life they find themselves in yeah. right Places. now. Well, it's like, I just, don't know why. Yeah, it's just, crazy. Uh, it's just my theory. It's just well, my theory. I mean, it, you know, zombie stuff usually tends to be about dehumanizing people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially through the Romero stuff, whether it be the poor, whether it be, you know, um, there goes the neighborhood messages yeah, or whether NIMBY. it's, yeah, or if it's consumerism and just we're all not people, we're just customers. Yeah. Um, but then you get over multiverse stuff, I think that really started to trend off of community. Like that is a great introduction for a lot of people because that's where when it, when you hear somebody say we're in the worst timeline, yeah, everybody it, knows. It's even from, if they haven't seen it, yeah. they, they understand it. Yeah. Which uh, once again Dan Harmon succeeding where sliders failed. Yeah. <laughs> sliders did uh, not capture the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, but like multiverse it's stuff has obviously existed forever in sure, sure. comics, but like they specifically said, oh, this is the worst timeline. Like, yeah. Britta has a streak in her hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have, you have, you, you put one wash away streak of blue in your hair. I lost a freaking R! <laughs> and they had to ruin it in the, in the gas leak season. Yeah, but gas leak. Gas leak. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. that has nothing to do with the uprising, which apparently is taking place in Amityville, and there's an uprising, and there are cops. My guess uh, is zombies. Like, okay. honestly, my guess is zombies. Yeah, zombies versus cops. Put the, like, the, like yeah. the, the box art, or box art, the poster for it looks very much like Dead Rising in terms of just, you know, like a guy like clinging to a fence or something like that. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. But other than that, we've seen... We've seen the werewolf movie was kind of the the werewolf effects were kind of decent. The vampire movie was saved by the guy playing the vampire. Yes, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we'll just we'll have to see what the uprising ha- happens. There's like a lot of like the IMDb trivia had a lot of like was pointing out a lot of continuity issues, I'm which seemed shocked. Been, shocked, I say. Well, that's what's what's weird about it is like you know as these movies have gotten more you know uh, I've got costumes and we can put make a stage in Ma's barn sort of mm-hmm. thing. There it hasn't been much of any information on the IMDb like the trip for the trivia or goofs or continuity stuff yeah. for like the more recent installments. So it's kind of crazy when you see them. Like why yeah. who who cares this much about this? Yeah. Other, other than the people that made the movie. And yeah, maybe, who may have added the trivia themselves. Exactly. It, it's, it's like no bad, there's no such thing as bad press sort of thing. Yeah. But, and it, it's also good that they are actually following, if they are doing this, following through with their movie and realizing different levels of promotion and getting it out there because, yeah, if you make a whole movie and you don't, like, post about it once on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or, you know, whatnot... If you don't add it to IMDb at all, which a lot of people make in indie stuff, they just skip that step because it looks like too much work, and that's insane. Yeah, no. Yeah. This is the bare minimum. Yeah. And while you're on it, put fun facts up there so people are willing to check it out. The more of a blank slate, the less you're going to yeah. get a view. Yeah. 
but anyway. Alright, so we're going to find out how the, to date, last Amityville movie is. Yeah. And then discuss that and other things. Alright, see you in a minute. And we're back. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it sucked. Um, here's what it is. It's like they they bought they looked up the recipe the recipe for a thing online. They bought every single ingredient that you need, and had no idea how to put it together. I actually I think that this is one of the more competently put together ones we've watched at least in a little while. That's what I mean. Um, they did at least have all the ingredients. They have all the ingredients, but they don't know how to turn it into a movie. Well, they based okay. So when we were making our predictions at the beginning as to what this was going to be, one of the things that never came up was Assault on Precinct Thirteen. No, and as it turns out, that was correct because they end up not doing that. But they really heavily build it as that, it's, it's and so then close. it turns into the zombie. Yeah, they yeah. have like a. They're being assaulted by by zombies, and there's this one, you know, serial killer in the jail cell, and it's like you think, oh, they're gonna have to team up. They've got the t- the teenager in there. Yeah. They've got you know the random people that are at this police station that's mm-hmm. being shut down um, and being folded into a bigger station. Mm-hmm. So they're packing everything up. Mm-hmm. They're understaffed, underarmed, yeah. like all the precinct thirteen. Tropes. Bases. The ingredients. Yeah. All the ingredients. Hell, they've got all the ingredients for a good zombie movie. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, so the movie opens with a radio doing a very obnoxious Good Morning Vietnam reference. But then... Uh, mm-hmm. Or um, somewhat, yeah, like it's the morning DJ doing all his talking because they couldn't pick a pop song, but... They also do kind of a Die Hard 3, um, where it's like, yeah, talk, 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 talk. Like, you're listening to all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, giant fireball explosion. Splodo. You just look like a big drone shot of Amityville and or Long Island or whatever. It is, Amityville. No, it's Amityville. It's Amityville. It's Amityville. They, they film it in actual Amityville. Yeah, all the exteriors. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're all legitimately labeled. They all, they all have the actual signs. None of it is, like, uh, photoshopped in. It's all just damn A eh, few bits, but... No, not really. Uh-huh. No, I looked it up. It's one of the trivia things. It, oh, gotcha, okay. All of the exteriors are Amityville. Huh. huh. Yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, apparently Amityville has some sort of uh, dark military chemical experimental lab that up and explodes. And this story is so big that the first news footage we hear or see commenting on it, is in Portugal. And then another one in South Korea. Mm -hmm. And Portugal the country, not Portugal the man. It's a musical artist. Okay. Yeah. I'm hip. I'm with it. I'm really not, apparently. I I couldn't name a song. Uh, But yeah, so giant chemical explosion, which seeds the the clouds and turns them into evil red clouds mm -hmm. full of... Zombifying acid rain. Yeah, hydrochloric acid, what turns you into the walking undead. Yeah. As you do. Which is a great premise. That actually, there was was, um, either an Australian movie or a New Zealand 
movie low budget zombie thing where that was the gag where it was the rain was turning people into zombies remember the guy had like the try shotgun like early aughts was it like trapped or undead 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 yes yeah oh my god which that was a great little movie that was a lot of fun it it has some middle section issues as does any any like early horror film but the whole thing worked yeah. And it was weird, like the whole alien twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers for a movie that you've never heard of that's tw- 18 years old? Yeah. Oh, shit. Anyway, yeah, it's the premise of Undead. Gotcha. Which so, I have an illegal bootleg of in my DVDs because horror counts. Yeah, because it was, for a long while, very hard to track down. And actually, I don't know if it's still in print or not. I know there was an edition that came out at some point. Yeah, Blockbuster had, like, an official version uh, oh, for God. a while. Yeah, again, dating ourselves. But anyway, so that's that. And listener at home, you're absolutely right. This is a great premise for a movie. So let's just focus, zero in on all the interpersonal drama of the people at this police station. For the first half of the movies, not the whole movie, just the entire first half, and then a little. And then a lot of the other bits, and, you know, all of this is prior to the seven minutes of end credits. This movie's 85 minutes long, seven of it is the end crawl. We shouldn't be strangers to this at this point. I know, but there's a lot of. I couldn't padding. believe it. Like we, ca- I kept jumping ahead. It's like there's got to be like a post-credit scene or something. And it's like, nope, just seven minutes of credits. But so, we keep getting in. We keep being introduced to all of our police with these like freeze-frame title cards of mm-hmm. their names. Yeah, like for the reasons. Like the opening credits of a Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of like, or a Suicide Squad movie, or Suicide. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah just but like, yeah, freeze frame. Mm-hmm. Here's the character, big title card. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like no stats or anything. So our police are uh, Dash, Malloy, Stevenson, Rossi, and McQueen, and uh, we don't get title cards for any of the civilian characters or the yeah. medical examiners. No, yeah. It was a Dr. Just Ira and Dr. Or Ira and uh, Childs. Which, again, you would have thought would be a reference to uh, The Thing. Yeah. But no. Uh, Childs looks as polar opposite as you can get. Kind of, yeah. He's a, he is a very gay, blonde-haired man. Very fair-skinned. Yeah. Very, um... Yeah. Just yeah. fair. <laughs> He's just, just he's just gay. Not just gay. Childs. He's just not the uh, the the furry borderline caveman that was. I, I can never remember that actor's name. Cause ch- or no. Oh wait, no no no. Keith David was Childs. Yeah. I was getting him mixed up with Windows. Oh okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, I can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, Keith David would be much more polar opposite than I was even mm-hmm. th- even thinking in my head. Yeah. But, uh, we could have watched the thing. Still can. Still can. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I mean, our, our schedule's a little more open now. It really is. So, Dash is at Chuck and May's Diner uh, getting sandwiches for the... Or, or breakfast sandwiches for the police department. This is important only uh, for two reasons. One, Chuck is played by Thomas Churchill, our writer-director, mm-hmm. who is doing a lot of scenery chewing as the short-order cook. 
Yeah, gets and since not everybody watches the movies that we talk about, what gives it a line of dialogue I kind of want to work into just general. What's that? Oh, uh, well, whoop diggity Diablo. Yeah, whoop diggity Diablo. Diggity uh, Diablo is a solid exclamation. Yeah, but so Dash is picking up conservatively what twenty five sandwiches. It's a lot. Like they list all of these sandwiches, and there's this like one. A super health foodie sandwich that they will repeat like, the full ingredients of at least twice, if not yeah, three times. There's a tofu bacon, gluten free scramble, gluten free bacon. Yeah, it's yeah, like plant based eggs. It's mm-hmm. just not, not, nothing, you know, from an actual mammal or fowl. Yeah, it's the we want to make fun of people with dietary. Mm-hmm. Concerns and or just personal choices. Yeah. We want to kind of rip them in one giant pocket. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I have celiac disease, but I still want to make fun of the gluten-free people. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> there, are, there are people who have celiac disease and there are people who trended on a diet and yeah. like to be difficult. Yeah. I have I have dealt with both. And there is a very sharp divide um, I'm sure all of those out there with celiac disease, like yourself, yeah. may have opinions about the bad name given to a lot of what you need out of a diet. You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, I don't want to be associated with them because they're annoying pains in the ass, and I never make my stomach issue other people's problems. But on the other hand, because they're whiny, whiny babies about it, they've probably made the market much more palatable for companies to make mass market gluten-free food and so i'm benefiting from it at the same time that i hate them oof i know pity me my burden (laughs) no one has suffered as i (laughs) that's still one of my favorite thrill i I, parents of penzance is one of my absolute favorite things ever and it has so many good throwaway lines like that that one is one of my favorite of frederick who is a, who had been a pirate apprentice, but now that he's freed, is, is going to devote his life to hunting down and murdering every pirate he sees, including all the men that raised and trained him. And they're all like, what? And he just turns to them, pity me, my burden, friends. <laughs> so we'll see. While the show may be full of air quote throwaway lines, I don't think any line Kevin Klein has ever delivered is throwaway. Oh, no, 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 absolutely yeah. not. Our revenge will be swift and terrible. Uh, so, so Dash brings all of the sandwiches to the station house where mm-hmm. we meet all of the other cops, including uh, Malloy is our fat, uh, annoying cop. Oh, yeah, Dash is our hero cop. Uh, and a Dash, uh, I added a little bit to my initial description. Uh. Um, imagine... Casting Josh Brolin <laughs> as Dana Ashbrook, channeling Bruce Greenwood, uh, playing Ethan Hawke in the Ray Liotta story. How about Ethan Hawke in the Assault on Precinct 13 remake? Yeah, I'm just going to scratch the Liotta from my notes. Yeah. I will not edit that out. We've already established I'm shitting <laughs> I love you. Um, and yeah, Malloy, who I'd like to think his re- his name is a reference to Matt Malloy, who was the replacement Steve Gutenberg in Police Academy 5 and 6. McCoy. 
It was. Was it? No, it's no. Matt, Matt McCoy is his name. No. Well, I'm going to scratch that. No. Um, Sorry. I've got total senioritis, not Mm -hmm. uh, elder folks, but like the last month of senior year high school. Yeah. Yeah. The man, I'm so out of here on a lot of this. Um, I know we've got summer school coming up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're going on vacation. Wait a minute. We'll tell you about that in a sec. We just have to get through this fucking movie. All right. So... There's Malloy. There's Stevenson, who appears to be the head of the station. He's yes, the he is. He, yeah, he's he the runs highest the joint. Yeah, um, it's mentioned once or twice, and then he does bark orders here and there, but really doesn't seem to be any sort of chain of command per yeah. se. He just, you know. I think he, he, he might just be like employee of the month. Feels an ownership of the station. Yeah, um, but there doesn't seem to be any deference between the cops. No, se. they all seem to share the same rank in terms of bossing each other around. Yeah. But we have Officer Nina Rossi, and we know her full name because she keeps using it all the mm-hmm. time. Like she'll like announce her presence to uh, potential civilians or crooks and say uh, Officer Nina Rossi, but then she'll like get on the radio. And there's only four other cops. Mm-hmm. And she'll go, this is Officer Nina Rossi. And it's like, yeah, Rossi. Yeah, you know we, we are. We got you. You're the one girl on the, fro- on the force. It's like, and this might be one of my deepest cut references yet, yeah. um, on the stabbed. Chris Isaac show from oh, wow. Showtime yeah. uh, from years back, there was an episode where his friend got uh, like trash cleanup detail for a traffic violation. And in his traffic detail was Brett Michaels of Poison, who is referred to invariably as Brett Michaels of Poison, including when he's talking to him. Hey, Brett Michaels of Poison, you want to get lunch after this? Nah, I'm good. Okay, Brett Michaels of Poison, uh, I'll talk to you later. That's definitely what they were going for. Yeah. <laughs> the one I like for... I, I, I never, I've never gotten around to the Chris Isaac show, but... It's, it's every, really funny. Oh, no, I, I'm sure it is. I love Chris Isaac. But I always liked, uh, for a, after Arrested Development, he was always uh, Hollywood's Tom Jane. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. It's like, he was actually famous actor from Hollywood, Tom Jane. I was like, so it's like, oh, it's Hollywood Tom, Hollywood's Tom Jane. Even though it's Baltimore's own Tom it's Jane. It's Baltimore's own Tom Jane. And uh, later in the film, we are introduced to super cop Lance McQueen. Mm-hmm. The rugged police detective with a mohawk and tattoos all over his face. Yeah. Well, his neck, at least. But, you know. It looked like it was bleeding into his beard. Possibly, yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But he is... He's like the whole... Like, if, Ty, if Titus Welliver was Bill Bixby, this guy would be the Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. It was, it, it was really fun. Yeah. He was the best part of the movie for me, honestly. Yeah. He's also, like... Um, if you go to an old punk dive bar, he's the old punk at the end of the bar who remembers every band that has played at that venue and any venue that existed at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and will be able to do shots of whiskey all night without blinking. Well, his body chemistry has uh, changed through the years so much so that he rejects hydrogen uh, dioxide. It's a, it he, takes he, out more than the science of the movie. Yeah, he he, he runs just on whiskey. Like, this yeah. guy is definitely, like, again, 
all of the ingredients are there. We have the grizzled uh, does anything d- does whatever he has to do to catch the serial killer mm-hmm. in this small town that barely has four cops. Yeah, that yeah. So yeah, oh, and that, that, that's right. There is a subplot of a serial killer on yeah. the loose that yep. they bring in the Amityville Strangler. The Amityville Strangler, by the way, not Toby. Joe Gallo. Yeah, no, not Toby. Toby from the Office. The Scranton Strangler. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right, 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 That would have been funny. Yeah. But, I believe uh, Michael Sher did confirm that that was the intent. He, he, he could, he, he did not, he, he like, it was He weird. passed yeah, the buck a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. He said, yeah, I didn't weird. create that storyline, yeah. but from what I understand behind the scenes, they always intended it for it to be Toby. It is the funniest possible result of that story. It really so is. It has to be that. But yeah, that's uh, Joe Gallo is our Amityville Strangler, who does refer to people as piggies, and I thought that was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Remember like the Amityville like pigs was painted yeah. on the wall and stuff, but yeah. no. But it also reminded me, okay, so here's the thing I've never understood about the Child's Play movies. Okay. Uh, Charles Charles Lee Ray is the Lakeshore Strangler. Yes. But he also has some sort of gang of henchmen that he's going after once he's in the doll. Like, it's not just the voodoo guy. There's, like, this other guy that was, like, with him when he's getting chased down by Chris Sarandon and killed. Yeah, well, we also know... What is the deal with that? I think we're going to probably find out more about that uh, since Chucky got renewed for a second season... Because we did learn that Chucky and Tiff or Charles, not Chucky, yeah. and Tiffany were together, but like during his killing spree, and she was aware of it. So for him to have had other followers, acolytes, or apprentices okay. is okay. not out of the realm of possibility. All right, all right, all right. Um, and it's going to give his daughter a lot more to play in the second season. I still haven't watched the first season. Oh shit! They do yeah. a lot of flashback stuff, good, and good, good, good. young Chucky from '88. Instead of doing any sort of de aging technology, yeah, I read that. Yeah, it's, uh, they they got Fiona to do it. Yeah, so she's she, been really interesting in these movies. She's been fascinating because she's playing one character that was established in Curse of Chucky, mm-hmm. and she continues to play that character. But in the flashbacks, she plays young Chucky. Yeah, and her well, isn't, is she still possessed by Chucky? Sometimes, like in Cult of Chucky, that's like she wa- she gets possessed by Chucky and then like leaves. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, um, it kind of goes back and forth because he can only possess her or the doll at a time. I think oh. so. It's back and forth, so that means she wakes up in the middle of what the fuck is going on? Oh, kind of fun. That's fun, like a Moon Knight thing. Yeah, the first se- the first season, fantastic. Awesome. Some of the best Chucky stuff. It's absolutely great. Okay, I gotta get on so many levels, but yeah. Um, but yeah, she plays young Chucky, and she looks like her dad so much, and she just inhabits weird. him so well. Yeah. And I love how much of a family that production team is at this point. But it's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. No, it's good. So speaking of family, we've got uh, we're introduced to all these civilians that will be part of the movie. I say part. Uh, first, we have our ticket lady. Mm-hmm. This lady has to pay a parking ticket in Amityville, and she's from the city. And so she is angry that she has to be down here when she needs to go to work and do other stuff. And she is the best part of this movie. She is just perpetually screaming and freaking out and overacting the hell out of everything yeah. at every moment. Yeah. Uh, she went to the Elliot Gold School of Cadence. Yeah. I have a line to deliver... And you're going to get it 
a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. So yeah, a little fast and furious. I'm I'm all over the place. But hey, so are these movies. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh-huh. So we get him we get her and she is a presence throughout the whole thing. Yeah, she is absolutely insufferable by design. It's so good. She's just constantly angry. Serve me now. While the Amityville Karen has not been released yet, uh, uh, this is a very yeah stereotypical proto- air quote Karen baby. Proto Karen. Yeah. Uh, but then more importantly, according to screen time, we have Jimmy, who is Dash's son. And you know that it's Dash's son because he keeps referring to him as son... Kid? Kid son. for several minutes yeah. while we were debating whether it was a stepson yeah. from the ex or what. And then he finally says, that's my dad. At which point then we start hearing son. Yeah. Like there's a good five minutes where I, I don't know what their relationship is. He's supposed they're, to take care of this kid, except he's not. They're, they're building suspense. Yeah. And uh, we have like a good ten minutes altogether of Dash explaining that he is a terrible, terrible father. And that he is sorry. He mm-hmm. wants to do better. He and is. Jimmy kind of sort of cares, but also doesn't. Yeah. Like, he, he, like at one point, is like, why do you resent me? I like, resent myself. I should have been a better father. You're, the day you were born was great. The, the best chapter of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's one afternoon, it's a chapter. But anyway, it's, it's, um, it's but yeah, like basically the parents fought so much that he didn't think it was a good environment to raise the son, so he just bailed. And joined the police force. Yeah. Um, that's one way you can do it. Yeah, then, then that's that. And then we get this other guy that pops in to deliver a missing persons report. But I, I, I'm pretty sure the missing persons report was for himself. Because he has dissociative identity disorder. Or it was his twin brother, because he's looking for mm. his brother who was a sound guy. Yeah. Um, from one of the other but Churchill the, Like I, th- I think the gag was, like, he says, like, the report is for Sam, uh, whatever, Sam Cooper, whatever the last name was. Uh, and, yes. Uh, that, and that was, uh, like, who goes by the uh, EDM DJ name, Scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, when you see him in the bathroom, he's, uh, the medicine, the bottle of medicine he's got is for Sam Cooper as well. And then that's all the, uh, so all the dialogue. So it was his brother that said, died, and he took on the yeah. identity, kind of like an adaptation. Yeah, where he's just like, I'm tired of uh, being you, he says in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's He's killed almost immediately afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, we need zombies. So... People are going out into this rain, despite the fact that every five minutes we're cutting to news footage of broadcasters saying, don't go out into the acid rain. Mm-hmm. Over and over. Uh, might be hydrochloric acid. The rain is so bad it's affecting all broadcast signals except for us, the viewer. Yeah. Uh, even walkie-talkies don't work. Cell phones don't work. Nothing mm-hmm. is working. It's raining in space. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> and... Uh, but yeah, we are at least kept up to date, even if the characters aren't, by reminding us the same thing we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so affecting the broadcast that it even affects the lower thirds, yeah. which are an overlay. So the Chiron, not how it works. Squiffy. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And at the same time, though, anytime there's a gore effect, 
It's amazing. Oh, the gore effects are great. The makeup effects in this are absolutely awesome. Yeah, it starts like in the beginning when we got like these two unnamed military guys trying to see if there's any survivor at the uh, the Splodo chemical lab. The mm-hmm. the girl Fort is Johnson. Fort John. <laughs> Fort Johnson. Um, the uh, the makeup on like the burned woman is really good right in the beginning, but then that continues. Like uh, the the whiny whiny ticket lady ends up going out into the into the rain, and you just all these burns start uh, her skin starts peeling like off. She's bubbling and popping. There's yeah. a lot of body melty type stuff. Yeah. Some people love it, some people hate it. So yeah. hey, there you go. It um, works though. It's highly effective. Yeah, and so they basically get a, they um, two of them go out under tarps. Uh, grab her body, bring her back into the station. Um, she's in the morgue. They're arguing about how to save her life, and I, I had just assumed she was dead, but yeah. then she does just die. Um, and but while they're checking on her, before it's been declared she's dead, somebody grabs her arm. Yeah. And basically degloves her. In. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it is juicy. Like all, it's like it's as if she's wearing these opera gloves that go up her arm, and it just sloughs right off. It yeah. was uh, the only other time I ever saw something like that. There's like a season one episode of Hannibal has that gag, and it is just as revolting in that yeah. one as it is in this one. It's. I still think the absolute. Top degloving. Oh God! <laughs> I love is, that. That's a term now. Yeah, is uh, Gerald's game. Ooh, that one was. That was brutal. rough. That yeah. was rough. Oh, well done, man. Mike. Gerald's game is really fucking good. It really is. Arm skin. I just have like a just arm, arm skin. skin. But yeah, the acid rain causes the zombies. Also, the biting causes zombies. All of your normal zombie things, uh, plus the acid rain. Yeah. Um, and they uh, they did bring in the Amityville Strangler, uh, Joe Gallo, who's locked in his cell next to the plastic bucket of tools. Yep. That one of the cops forgot to get. It was Malloy. Was reminded about. Yeah. Classic Malloy. Classic Malloy. Um, he never gets around to actually getting to him, so no, he uses this hammer and wrench and sledgehammer and yeah, just your classic, I don't have a toolkit, I just have a drawer with some things I've needed. It, it was like maybe one rung above the bag of tools that uh, Ron Swanson encounters in uh, April and... Um, Andy's house in Parks and Rec. Yeah. This is like one half of a scissor, a battery full of jelly beans, a cartridge (laughs) marked Sonic the Hedgehog, (laughs) one hammer. He uses that to pick the lock and then hide that he picked the lock because the reporter from the very beginning of the movie... Oh, my God. Uh, has come in to do an interview with him because they've just arrested a suspect for these murders. Oh, they also have some of the victims from these murders that they've farmed some of them out to other precincts, but they still have, like, a cheerleader whose father identifies her mm-hmm. um, depressing scene. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's so they have other corpses there <laughs> that... Not touched by rain. Guess what? Also reanimate. Later. God, they do reanimate with no no explanation. 
Yeah. I didn't re- I didn't pick up on that first. I was just excited. Yeah. I was like, oh, good. The cheerleader's coming to life. Yeah, we'll just chalk that up to the blind melon rules. Yeah. Wait, what? No, oh, no rain. Yeah. No. It's not my best joke. It's I'm just, leaving it in. Just, I, 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 I don't know if I'm proud of all nothing this. Nothing good about who you are, what you do. Look at what we're doing with our lives. Oh. Um, there is... So the first person we see actually get zombified by the rain is... Some random dude. Some random dude who looks sort of like uh, a stand-in for Michael Chiklis. Or maybe Matt Penfield. Matt Penfield, a little bit there. Not quite Asak Schrader from Breaking Bad. No. no. A little too gooey. Dean Norris. Dean Norris, yeah. (laughs) But uh, he is... As he's listening to the radio go on about, Don't there is acid rain. acid rain. He's sitting in his car, and he is a climate denier. Mm. There is acid rain hitting your mm. windshield. What do you mean, acid rain? This is bullshit. Steps out of the car. Oh, my God. Why didn't anybody warn me? This has been going on the whole time. They should have made a bigger deal about it in the face of everything I've said. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he's the first one that does officially go melty, melty. But literally, he was introduced just to be go turned into a melting yeah. as a zombie. And for the, zombie to go at the door when yeah. our officer Nina Rossi opens the door. To check the rain, doesn't get any splashback, but then he does emerge from the yeah. fog, attack, slam oh, then, the door. And what was worse was, like, she, she she checks the door after she watched the ticket lady get uh, covered in the rain. Right, yeah, because she's the one who spots ticket lady so this is like, what, getting what, melting what, down. What do you need to know? What more do you need to know about this rain? Yeah. This rain that is pouring down from evil red Gotham City clouds. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it was bad. Mm-hmm. So, weird sidebar that Officer Stevenson um, wound up getting rain on his arm and just said it was really warm. Yeah, it was boiling hot water. Yeah, but not converted to a zombie, not yeah. cooked. I thought that was going to, like, like later, like, at the most inconvenient time, he would turn into a zombie, but... Yeah, or maybe it was a thing of, like, well... It's only going to be the white people to get turned. Yeah. Like, you know, that could if have you're been. doing, you know, that could if you're making any kind of commentary. That would have been and funny. That could be an interesting premise for a movie, too. That could. I don't know why we keep throwing all these great ideas out there yeah, that we could be making. Yeah. Oh, because we're not yeah, going to get around to it. Because we're poor. Um, but yeah. We have to push to do this. <laughs> yeah. But funnily enough, like, like, yeah, Stevenson doesn't get turned, but when they're uh, taking the tarp off of the uh, the ticket lady in the morgue, the water that was, uh, the rainwater gets splashed onto Beloy's face, mm-hmm. and he immediately turns into a zombie. Yeah. Well, he runs to the bathroom, tries to wash it off, um, and then pushes aside that uh, the, the, crazy, the crazy dude. Slash guy, yeah. And then, yeah, like, just turns, got the gray eyes... Yeah, but before that, like it's like full on poltergeist pukes yes. his own face off in the mm-hmm. bathroom. Again, the like all of the gore and monster effects were really good. That's why mm-hmm. like I can't argue with you too hard about like there is a level of competence involved mm-hmm. in this film. It's just not in character or storytelling. I gotta like, storytelling again There's like no is, story here. Yeah, it's precinct thirteen turn but go zombie. But character wise 
we know the character names, and not just because we took notes. That's true. But and all of the characters stay consistent to themselves, and all of them do seem to have fun playing within their character. Yeah. Like Malloy is definitely having a blast. Yeah, you um, are right. Yeah. yeah, like I really enjoyed everybody's performance. I'm not gonna, you know, except Dash. No, even, even, even Dash see, was he, he was he was enjoying some delicious scenery. Yeah, he like, was. everyone's everyone's going for it. Nobody's checked out. Nobody's confused about who they are or where they're going. Everybody's in it. Yeah, I'm still allowed to hate the movie, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm cool, just cool, saying, cool, like. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> While we're being critical, yeah, I want to be make fair. sure that, we're, like, we're, I'm we're being, being yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, you're right, you're all right. of them, all of them definitely, yeah, they went for it, and it seemed like they were having fun with it. So Stevenson leaves the interviewer, the, the TV anchor woman and the cameraman, with the, the uh, suspected serial killer. Right, suspected. So like a 20-minute interview. Yeah, because up until this point, most of his dialogue has been sitting in the cell giggling to himself, except when he's picking the locks. Yeah. But they do cut periodically back to him just kind of rocking back and forth and giggling. Yeah, just being a crazy banana pants. But yeah. then it's just like, he just, I, it was weird that the the lieutenant leaves the the, the reporter with the, with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The, the alleged bad guy. That was just odd. And then, like, he sends Dash down later. He's like, go get her. Mm-hmm. Or something. Or Rossi. Uh, Officer Nina Rossi, excuse me. Um, and does Joe Gallo... He busts out at that point, right? Um, it? It's... That's it's big. It. No, it's... The cameraman hears something in the bathroom because the uh, the crazy guy has been... Is turning into a zombie. Right. And then he goes off to check that out. She goes off to check out where his her cameraman went, and then once he's alone, Joe Gallo just kind of opens up the door and wanders out. Yeah. But then uh, we cut to some other stuff, and then we cut to the bathroom, uh, or Nina, Officer Nina Rossi goes into the bathroom uh, and then finds in medias res... The anchor woman stabbing the cameraman to death because he's turned into a zombie. Yeah, like got a screwdriver in hand and just like pound, 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 pound. Yeah. And what are you doing? What are you doing? Put down the screwdriver. I can't. At which point we, kind, good surprise, find out it's more or less evil dead hand because yeah. she's like, I can't, I can't. And then just stabs the uh, uh, officer Nina good. Rossi in the face with a screwdriver. Yep. And we're like, what? Whoa, fuck, okay. And then the crazy zombie guy, like the one with the split personality, just quietly sidles up to Officer Nina Rossi and then just starts eating her face. Yeah. Like, and she's awake the entire time and just kind of not doing anything. Yeah, she didn't get a chance to turn. No. And just gets, yeah. It's a surprising amount of people that don't turn in this movie, considering, yeah. like, all the zombie shit going around. Yeah. But so then we have like a 10 minute shouting fight between uh, Stevenson, Dash, and McQueen about what to do. Including uh, trying to track down a burner phone, which will yeah. definitely work in this situation. Exactly. Because um, uh, Stevenson wants to just kill everything. Lance, uh, uh, excuse me, Detective Lance McQueen, greatest name. Uh, wants to get to his car in the alley and drive off, but all Dash cares about is my boy is down in the basement. My boy that I failed. 
I have been a shitty father until today, but um, bygones, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, or spoiler alert, he's still a shitty father, because by the time they fight their way down to the basement, Jimmy's being eaten. Yeah. It's hilarious. Jumping ahead to the end of the movie, but yeah, Yeah. I'll just get you there now. I mean, it's not like there's... The connective tissue between the arguing on the top floor and going down to the basement is just like grabbing guns and randomly shooting the zombies that are still left. Yeah, uh, the weapons room better than the just open table in a break room that we've seen in previous movies. Yeah, but not as but, good as the hot fuzz, like oh pre, God, no. uh, yeah. pre full up armory. Yeah, it's um, it's a, a lot of weapons rooms should not be made out of plywood. No. No, and have like those like brass doorknobs with like the oversized locker thing in yeah. the front and the bat and the inside, and then like the hole in the doorknob they can just poke to unlock it. Yeah, it's kind of bad. But yeah, they make their way down, and then we see all the zombies get shot. Yeah, uh, uh, Joe Gallo takes a sledgehammer to Malloy's head. Yeah, um, Childs is. Turned by the ticket lady. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the cheerleader girl goes after the uh, the cor- the actual corner, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the cheerleader. This um, was good. Yeah, she slides herself out of one of the morgue um, drawers mm-hmm. and does an exorcist spider walk. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, just starts eating away at his chest. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually gets Jimmy. Yeah. To which we like we we just hear like Dash just screams. It's so good. Like it, it's the Dash screaming over his murdered son is up there with the uh, the security guard that's very slowly about to be crushed in uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. Just ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, Lance. Well, yeah, Stevenson Lance gets, Lance gets bit. Lance gets bit by Officer Nina. Yeah. That's not seem to be bothered overly. No, although he does complain, I guess she wasn't vegan. So we got a payoff for listing the entire ingredients of her sandwich twice. Oh, my God. In case you were paying attention, was, you are rewarded. I was paying attention. I do not feel rewarded. Meh. <laughs> eh. Yeah, and yeah. at this point, all the zombies that were outside that we'd never seen before. Apparently, there were hordes of zombies outside the police station this entire time. Yeah. They burst in because the filmmakers have seen a zombie movie, and it's like, this is what you do at the end. Yep. Zombies break in. Fuck the characters, fuck the script, we're just gonna, everybody dies, and we're good. That's a wrap. All right, seven minutes of credits. Yeah. Seven... Minutes of credits. I watched the Doctor Strange movie this afternoon. Shorter time for the credits. Wow. Yeah. And there were a thousand There's some names. Thousand yeah. names. No, I mean, Joe you know, Gallo. But you did know get who eaten was up. not? Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Gallo did get eaten up. Um, yeah. Screaming, "I'm with you guys. I'm not one of the zombies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Joe fucking Gallo." And then, uh, and then they just all pile on him, so you don't have to figure out any sort of morality on the closure there. Well, I loved uh, McQueen had the the when uh, Joe Gallo is trying to explain that he's not a zombie mm-hmm. uh, to the Dash and McQueen, who are the only non-zombies left. He's like. I'm one of you, I'm not one of them. And McQueen goes, you're a broken part of this system. 
He's not even convicted yet. No, no, he's, he's not. still decrying he's his innocence. Just alleged. Yeah, alleged. But but America. But yeah. Um. Well, that's see. why he was going to be afforded a trial because he's a white suspect. Uh, this is also true. Yeah. yeah. Black suspect, he'd already be dead. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have made yeah. it to the station. Nope. Um. Something that points out that the entire production was not filmed in Amityville or mm-hmm. the East Coast in general. The son refers to a soft drink he'd requested as a diet pop. Yep. So. That no. was a big clang. <laughs> yep. Things that pull me out of a movie. Soda. Ah. Soda. Soda. Cola. Maybe, Coke. maybe a cola. Fizzy lifting drinks. Fizzy lifting drinks. Obviously. Yeah. That's everywhere. That's a universal thing. And uh, somebody does refer to the ATM machine camera as being like the evidence that they have for Joe Gallo, but that's inadmissible because it's just an ATM or an AT machine yep. or an automated T machine. Yeah. Or an automated TM. It's. I I, I say see I'm not you're you're absolutely right but I save that sort of rage for. Uh, Miss uh, naming a safe deposit box. This when they say safety deposit box. Yeah. Yep. 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 That that's the one that I, I I saved that for that. Fair enough. Yeah. But you're not wrong. ATM machine. Yeah. ATM machine. Yeah. ATM. Yeah. Just say the ATM. But then, like maybe maybe it was like a, a Western redundancy theater thing. You know, the sitting chair, the writing pen. Gotcha. Or uh, the STP pilots. Yeah. Um, REM movement. So, last note I got um, is that the credits do give a lot of special thanks, including Steven Spielberg, because there is some lens flare. John Carpenter. Because Precinct 13 by Whole Cloth. Yeah. And a special thanks, and these are all for inspiration. Special thanks. For inspiration. Yeah. Um, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, who writes all sorts of inspirational um, Christian books, um, televangelist, mega church kind of guy, you know. A righteous a, gemstone. Basically, yes. Righteous gemstones definitely is taking a lot of piss out of his sails to completely butcher all metaphors. Mm hmm. Um, he's the one who, and maybe this is why they were thanking him, um, he has a giant mega church in New Orleans. Mm. You know what wasn't open during Katrina? Yeah. Uh, he was very specifically blocking people from going in there, and he's done stuff like that in a lot of areas where he could actually use his money to do good. Now he just keeps rolling it in. Um, I'm not going to go on a full rant, but... Uh, there's the whole practice what you preach thing. That's not him. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I don't really know about yeah. it. So. Give to those in need and or in greed <laughs> and he just makes sure to blur the line like, oh, my church will definitely make sure to help people. You you mail me the check. I'll, I'll get it to the right people. Classy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's like Full on Robert Tilton, um, the farting preacher on YouTube. <laughs> um, that guy, like, 
I would be shocked if he didn't have some snake oil in his, you know, medicine cabinet. But well, what do you think's causing all that gas? This is true. <laughs> but yeah, um But we're here. At the end. We're here. Remember remember on the Daily Show when Obama won the election and they all run up to the rooftop and like the sun is shining, it's like, it's over. It's done. We're here. We're we're here. Like, don't get us wrong. We'll be coming back sporadically whenever there's a new one available because the work continue, continues. Yeah. But we're done. We watched. We the, watched them all. We watched them all. The end of the existing Amityville's. Whew. I kind of. I kind of. I kind of feel all right about it. I kind of feel all right about it too. Yeah, but now this has been rough. The, these last fifteen or so, yeah, have been really rough in terms of amateurism. It's mm. like, and we don't want to again. We don't want to begrudge anybody that's going out and making their own movie. You're, that's it's an incredible mm-hmm. thing that you're doing, but having to watch the ball in a row yeah. has been rough. When the copyright concern opened up, um, if a dam breaks or like a brand new river is formed. There's a lot of silt before everything settles. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so there are definitely like there are two more that are supposed to be coming out this year. Mm-hmm. And on our Excel sheet there's like at least another ten that have been announced. Uh I think there's at least twenty or thirty that have been announced, but <sighs> a lot of them look very sus. I mean, we'll take them as they come out. That's what we're saying. Right. That's what if we're you, saying. If you make them, we'll watch them. And you know, that's tell you what endorsement. we'll tell you what you're doing wrong. It'll be the constructive Const- criticism, constructive. some destructive, constructive, probably more destructive criticism. Uh, yep, my brain's broke. Yeah, but in the meantime, we're changing location. We we go. Are we flying somewhere else in the U.S. for a stretch? We going to Texas. Nothing ever bad's happened in Texas. Nothing as has ever happened consistently bad every five to ten years in Texas. So we had the idea, like, it's sort of the inverse of this Amityville and or, you know, just the way horror movie franchises happen in general. Like, most of the time, there's not that much difference between installments because... Uh, movie studios strike while the iron's hot make as many as you can as quickly as you can while people still care about them yeah that's how you got you know seven paranormal activity movies or five uh, it was they were they were basically like rapid scatter dude Friday the 13th every single year a new Friday the 13th was coming out in the 80s yeah they yeah. missed 82 yeah I think that's the one yeah, no, because it's ridiculous. Yeah, but there's a very popular horror movie franchise that is the opposite. Mm-hmm. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, I was watching them, or I, I was watching the third one for the first time, and I was like, this is really a good in, in, installment of like the pre-scream horror movies of the '90s, and that's what it hit me. Every time they come out with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is like tree rings for the horror, horror, horror movies yeah. in general. This is what was popular at the time. 
Yeah. And so we're going to... Oh, remakes are big. Let's do a polished remake. Yeah. Oh, prequels are big. Uh, We can do one of those. We got got Chainsaw? Yeah, Yeah. let's let's do it. We'll do that. Or, uh, oh, maybe the villain is the good guy type Mm -hmm. of movie. So... Uh, 3D's hitting. Let's do that. Exactly. So we'll be going through uh, all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres next with the eye of looking at where they fit or what they say about horror movies at the time. Yeah. Kind of like any time, was it Arthur Brown did a new cover of Fire. Like, well, this is what music sounds like right now. I'm going to do a disco version. I'm going to do that. Okay, never mind. Um, For some of you, no. I think that was just for me. It may have just been for you. I mean, this has been for us. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so we're going to do a different take on Texas Chainsaw. Not just, oh, I like this one. Oh, I don't like this one. But like basically turn the movie watching into what we did as the pre-show on this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just general horror, what it reminds us of, what each installment was either referencing or inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and fingers crossed, it'll and be interesting. all of them will be made by studios with money. All of them. Not necessarily a lot of money each No, time. but, you know, people, they're just... There are Oscar uh, nominees and Oscar winners in these, just, and I'm just so excited to go into a, an area of competence again. Mm-hmm. I mean, several of them feature the dulcet tones of multi Emmy winner John Larroquette. John Larroquette. Nobody has a John Larroquette impression. I don't even know why. They should. It's just yeah. he has his own voice. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. There's but, a reason they keep going back to him. Not just nostalgia, but nobody can do what he does. No. He has a very, very specific, perfect form of sarcasm in baritone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, and most of the time he has good hair. I think that's what killed the John Larroquette show, is that the long hair really didn't look good on it. It didn't look great, but also, it was way too dark for NBC at the time. Well, yeah. And it's one of the reasons I loved it so much. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Dude, you had me at John Larroquette. Yeah, but, like, that show was grim. Yeah, it was just... You know, I'm and I'm a recovering alcoholic. I manage a bus station. Guess who's, not, like, then, guess who's and, not winning at life? Yeah, it's the midnight shift added bus station. My friends are not a like you know hooker with a heart of gold like or you know ex prostitute. Although when they softened the show, she bought the cafe and gave up hooking. But like it was all of the darkest places in people's lives cast. Yeah, and. It was really good. Yeah. So, in case any of you are worried that, you know, we're not going to be doing the same exact thing, this complete divergence into the John Larroquette show at the end of the Amityville Horror podcast should assuage any fears. Yeah, we are going to be just as off-topic as we always are. Yeah. Uh, We will provide no checklists for things to catch up on that we mentioned. If anything strikes you... Again, I have yet to see this Wikipedia. Yeah. Nobody's made our Wikipedia yet. Stupid. We also haven't looked. What the hell? Like, yeah, I need to check our email. Yeah, we should actually check for that kind of stuff. Anyway, until next time, get out. And get your ass to Texas. Get your ass to Texas! If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 